Good morning. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Ross M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is August 10th, 2021. Today we're reading from the big book, page 77, the first paragraph. And we're, um, and yes, for only one paragraph. I'm sorry about that. Today's readers are, we have for the 12 steps, we got Nancy P., 12 traditions, Kim T., our first reader is Jane S., page 164, our second reader is Jennifer C., our backup readers is Allison L., newcomer greeter Susan H., second hour host is Matt J.F. The reference numbers for Monday, August 9, 2020, the 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Standard Time is 17,520, 17520. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 17,521, 17521. The OA preamble. So Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters and us. I've now asked Nancy P. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning, Russ. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision <clears throat> Excuse me. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to, alcohol, to other compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thanks, Nance. I will now ask Kim T. Kim T. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, fellows. This is Kim T. in Colorado, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, 
The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, I pass. Thanks, Kim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that your share that you keep your share approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that you that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We asked, we, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one on mute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book in the action, page 77, the first paragraph, um, we don't use this as an excuse, and we're just reading that one paragraph. So I have asked Jane S. to start us off today. Start one, Jane. Good morning, Russ. Can you hear me? Perfect. Oh, awesome. All right. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jane S. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. When it will serve any good purpose, <clears throat> excuse me, we are willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. The question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done us more harm than we have done him. And though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It's harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. We go to him in a helpful and a forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. Holy moly, uh, it's no coincidences in my life. This is right where I'm supposed to be today. Um, I'm very grateful to be 
be here and um, be abstinent and be open and have a connection with my higher power so I can read this and and truly feel this. Um, I'm in my amends right now. I um, walked through the steps this time um, with my sponsor not too long ago, and I'm still working on amends. And um, having been in our parent program for over 12 years and only here for 12, uh, six months, um, recovering, I'm recovered and in neutrality, my amends look so different today than they used to. Um, and a lot of my amends that I'm doing today are direct, uh, but a lot of them are also a living amends in the fact that I walk and I show up in a different way. And uh, <laughs> this is really, this happened to me yesterday. Um, I have, uh, I, I try not to hate anyone, um, but there are people that are uh, difficult to be around and arise disturbances in myself and um, usually um, family, siblings, <laughs> uh, to be exact. And uh, what struck me here is that we are willing, um, and I am willing today, and I'm willing to take God with me and ask for the help to articulate the words and my behaviors. And sometimes it looks like just listening and just letting someone vent and someone express who they are and um, be kind and loving. And it says here that we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit. So I, um, I forgive every day uh, this certain person um, is in my life. Um, I'm helping to take care of my elderly dad. My nephew is there every day and he's um, deep in his disease and I can't fix him. I can't change him. I just need to accept him. But I can show up in a different way today. And I have done harm before because I used to show up in a very manipulating, um, controlling way. I try to enforce my my will, not God's will. Um, today I can show up um, from a forgiving space, uh, sharing um, from my heart with him and um, and just allowing things to unfold. And, um, and it's hard because I don't want to say I dislike him. I love him. He's family. But he's very, very difficult to deal with. And uh, so I can walk and show up in a different way today. And... Um, God has uh, put instances like this in my life continuously, especially in the last three or four months. People have walked into my life that I never, I haven't seen for, for a long time and have given me an opportunity to make direct amends or to just behave in a different way, behave in this new uh, way my heart and, and living in kindness and, and speaking my truth and setting boundaries about the whole situation. And, and um, so that's what I got out of this paragraph today. Um, I look forward to hearing what everybody else has to say. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you so much for letting me be of service and being here every day. I pass. Thank you, Jane. Appreciate it. So now we're going to open up the line for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day that others might get a chance to share their experience too. So if you share it on Monday or Friday, Please step back and let a couple other people get a shot at sharing. So who would like to share on page 77? Debbie B. Debbie. Rachel K. Rachel. Barbara E. Barbara. Who else? And we're sharing on page 77, the first paragraph, just that paragraph. 
Johan. Johan. Diana P. And that was Diana P. All right, let's go with that list. So we got Debbie B, Rachel K, Barbara E, Johan N, and Diana P. Debbie B, you're up. Star one, Debbie. Can you hear me now? Perfect. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, This is Debbie B. I'm uh, recovered uh, outside of Philadelphia. And um, this paragraph really, and thank you everybody for your service who contributed. Um, But I... This really resonated with me, especially when you spoke about your brother, but I really loved how you said how I show up now. How I used to show up with my brother is very argumentative. He is, he is difficult. He's mentally ill, and immediately he's mentally ill. I'm not diagnosing him. And so I'm working with him. I, I've worked on a living amends as well as a, a direct amends. And um, even though I've done that, uh, he is still um, still difficult. <laughs> it doesn't change, right? Um, you know, and I can't expect him to forgive me, even though I've done things. Um, I still continue and I stay steady on what my living amends are. And, and then I just, you know, show him the same love, tolerance. Um, I, I don't like the word pity, but um, patience that I would cheerfully uh, grant a sick friend. So, you know, sometimes our, our amends and our direct amends are, are, are not exactly what we get, but I know God has a higher power. There's a higher power out there for me that is, there's a reason. And I just try to live by that code. And you know what? I don't walk away frustrated, mad, upset, and I don't have to do a 10-step on him anymore. <laughs> I just uh, accept, basically accept him for who he is. So. Thank you for uh, the reading, and thank you for the share. Um, that really resonated with me, and thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thanks, Debbie. Appreciate it. Next up is Rachel Kay, followed by Barbara E. Hi, this is Rachel Kay uh, from Northern California, a recovered compulsive overeater. Can I be heard? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Great. So, um, God, have y'all heard the expression, is it odd or is it God? I mean, I have learned that it's, it's always God. This is exactly where I am today. So, um, you know, by the grace of God, I've been recovered for about 21 years, but I still screw up and I still need to make amends. So um, I hope my voice holds out for this share. Um, so this past Sunday, I had to make an amends to um, somebody that I worked with at my old job. I had two books that he had lent to me. This person was a colleague, had been horrible to me. I mean, horrible to me, had humiliated me whenever he got the opportunity. I mean, he was just, just horrible. I mean, I, I, I used to laugh at it. I would either cry or laugh at it, but um, 
had to write multiple 10 steps about him. But I had these two books that he had lent me at the very beginning of when I worked for that company over 10 years ago. And I quit my job in December and I still had these books and I realized I had to give them back. And it was wrong. It wasn't like I forgot about the books. I saw them on the bookshelf. And so uh, I gave them to someone that I knew was Sam to give back to him. But I realized I needed to call him. And uh, I did, and my sponsor and I decided that it was okay if he didn't answer to leave a message on his voicemail. And I left a voice message on his voicemail, and as you can tell, I'm losing my voice. Uh, I'm getting sick. And But I didn't realize that when I called. And as I was leaving the message, my voice started to give out. And, and horribly, I mean, I sounded a lot worse than I do now. And my voice, by the end of the message, I was choking and coughing and sounded like Gollum. And it was just the most awful sounding amend you have ever heard. And I got off the phone and you know what the miracle is? is it, it's okay. I know he will listen to that and think, what the F? What, what? She sounded horrible. What was going on there? it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't, I don't make an amends to look good or to be liked. I make an amends to, to keep that connection with God, to clean up my side of the street. Um, I don't hold ill will against him. Honestly, I mean, like I say, he was horrible to me, but that's who this person is. He's a sick man. How can I be helpful? God, save me from being angry. That, you know, it's about cleaning up my side of the street. It's not about, time. hey, help. oh, time. Okay, I'll wrap up. Anyway, perfect, perfect paragraph, at least for me. I hope it helps some of all of you. Again, I'm Rachel Kay in Northern California. Have a great day. I pass. Thanks, Rachel. So next up is Barbara. But let me let let me let you know where we're at. We're on page seventy-seven, the first paragraph. We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God, and we're reading just that paragraph. So we got Barbara E. coming up, followed by Johan N. Okay, everyone. Well, thank you, Russ, for your service. You never fail to do what you need to do and do it with a sense of humor. And to my fellows out there. I wish you all the very best. As I look back at last night's uh, reading, at the first three sentences at the top of page 77, it says, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. But how do I do that? In step three, I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. In step four, I learned some truths about myself. So I think fitting myself in maybe means to do all the spiritual exercising I need to do every single day, just like my physical therapist who came yesterday told me why it's vital to keep exercising no matter how much it hurts. If I ever want my knee to become more flexible, just wishing for it and praying for it to get better wouldn't be enough. I actually had to shut up, suit up, not shut up, I apologize, suit up and do the exercises every single day. And in order to make all the men's, even the hard ones, 
I had to quit procrastinating or wishing they would just over or disappear. But I know that I can trust my superpower to be with me, guiding me as I make my amends. Whether I realized it or not, I was holding on to resentment, living in the past, and it was time to let them go and accept they were hurting me more than they were hurting the people I was resentful at. I realized I had to focus not so much on what they did to me, but on what character defects I was displaying and take responsibility for my actions, to stop feeling slighted if someone didn't return my call or hear my name, and to grow up and to realize that the world didn't revolve around me, and not everyone will like me, and that's okay, and to turn a new and loving lens on other people and their actions, to plan what I'm going to say by way of an amends so I don't create more new wreckage. So I needed to make it clear that there was something weighing on my heart, that my behavior was selfish, dishonest, and wrong. For example, I want to apologize because I yelled at you last night when we were in the restaurant, and I said, I'm not a child. I can order my food myself, and that must have embarrassed you, and I'm truly sorry. I promise you I'll never do that again, and I realized how childish and immature I was being. I do hope you'll forgive me or perhaps suggest what I can do to make it up to you. So there are many ways to make our amends, but if I, I feel if I make them from the inner ear of my heart, I've done all the best I can do. And that's what all that God asks of me, to walk with him and do what he wants me to. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Appreciate it. Next up is Johan M. Followed by Deanna P. And then we're going to take another list. Hi. Good morning. Good day. Good morning. My name is Johan M. Good morning. Uh, my name is Johan M. And like in Nancy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Sweden. Thank you so much for service this morning. And thanks to all the shares so far. It's been great to listen to you all. And this is just an amazing paragraph. Um, I had especially two people that were standing out in my four step that I really felt uh, hatred against. And that was my, my dad and my stepmom. Uh, they, they're alcoholics and I grew up with them. And uh, in the second column in my four step, I just simply wrote that uh, they destroyed my childhood. <laughs> And uh, coming to the ninth step, I I did exactly like it says here. I took the bit in my teeth. I really liked that line. Uh, and I went there in a helpful and forgiving spirit. Uh, I I still had not uh, I, I still had resentments against them, but I I took the bit in my teeth and I I went there and made my amends. It was a beautiful amend. Uh, I got the amends back from my dad, and you know it was amazing. Uh, with my stepmom, which I had had difficulties with, you know, growing up and uh, all my life, uh, I didn't get any amend back. And I also asked her if there was anything more I should amend for, and she had more stuff that she thought that I was gonna amend for, which I did. Uh, uh, but what happened after has just been a complete miracle. Today, 
I feel only forgiveness and love with these people. I have none of the resentments left against them. And uh, I mean, uh, this is not something that I have done. The, the, the thing I did was I made amends. I cleaned up on my, 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 my side of the street. And that was all. And with that, you know, uh, God has, has, uh, has made this a uh, complete miracle. So and I'm so grateful for, for the eight and nine step. And it is my first step that is driving me in this as well. Uh, I know when I was going to them, I didn't want to make this amend, but I know that this is a life and death matter. And if I don't do this, I, I, I die in my disease instead. So I went there knowing that this is something that I need to do, that I have to do uh, in order to recover. And, you know, thanks to these amends and thanks to all the other amends that I made, I did recover. I did have a spiritual awakening, a spiritual experience. And today I get to live recovered one day at a time, as long as I continue to, you know, work the program, being step 10, 11 and 12 on a daily basis. Uh, but I'm so grateful for this program and what this program brings. Uh, I just came, I came into it just to, you know, Sorry. be okay. But, you know, everything I got is just beyond that. So, so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Johan. Next up is Diana P. And after that, we're going to take another list. Good morning, Ross. May I be heard? Yep. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, good morning, everyone. I am Deanna P. Gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater from Wilmington, Delaware. Um, wow, I'm still kind of chewing on what's been shared already because it's been so good and um, formulating my own thoughts at the same time on this paragraph. Um, yeah, I'm thinking uh, specifically of a niece um, that I disliked very much. Um, of two nieces on my on my father's side of the family, my sister's daughters, and um, I did the very thing that I always accused my father of doing that was so so unhealthy. I played favorites, right? The the niece I liked was the one who got the love. The niece I didn't like was the one I withheld love from. Um, the niece that loved me, I loved her. The niece that didn't love me, I didn't love her. Um, the niece that um, was emotionally unhealthy um, and and spiritually really, really bankrupt in so many ways really needed more love than the niece that I thought needed the love, right? Um, but um, she did a lot of really not-so-cool things, said a lot of really not-so-cool things, and... I held them against her and I was judge and jury. And um, so when it came time for my amends, um, this phrase here in the big book where it says, nevertheless with the person we dis dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. Um, it's a pretty strong pic word picture there. Um, most horses don't particularly take kindly and I wouldn't either to having a metal thing put in their mouth. <laughs> but it's like, okay, let's get to work. Uh, we've got work to do. We've got places to go. We need to be guided by our higher power in the same way that I'm going to guide them. Deanna, we lost you. 
star one. Uh, yes, may I be heard? Perfect. Thank you. So I'm not sure what happened there. But yeah, with the uh in the same way that we put a, a bit in a horse's mouth to, to direct the horse to where we want to go, um, and it's not always easy. God has to do the same thing um in my life. He has to say, Okay, this is this is what we need to do. We need to get to work. I'm going to guide you, I'm going to take you to places to people that are the unloved ones, the unlovely ones. And don't forget, Deanna, you were also unlovely, not just to yourself, but to others as well and how you showed up. And don't forget the love that I extended to you. So go and extend love to these unlovely ones. Um, That is a true, helpful, and forgiving spirit. And, um, man, I tell you, when you do that and when you receive love for yourself from your higher power um, and you stop hating yourself, as being unlovely and seeing yourself as higher power sees you as loved, you can then go to the unlovely ones and you can serve them and you can say, "Uh, I can serve you because my loved one loves me. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks, Deanna. So we're going to open up the line for sharing again. And uh, we value your experience and we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you shared on uh, yesterday or Friday, please step back and let someone else share their experience, too. We're on page 77, the first paragraph. We're just reading that paragraph. It starts with, we don't use this as an excuse for shying away. Okay, who would like to share on this? Lynn Honey H. from Montreal. This is Larry, Larry K. Lynn Renee. I got you, Larry. Sure, Larry. Karen, is that Karen? Karen? Oh, Sharon, Sharon B. Okay. Who are? Was that? I heard it was at Manny. At Laura R. Manny C. And then is Laura. What was the person who showed your last name? R. R. Okay, Laura R. Okay. Anyone else? Let's let's get one more. I think we might have enough for that. I'm not a mathematician. I can't be adding all this stuff up. <laughs> Play it by ear. We could take one more, I think, if I'm, I'm looking at this right. All right. Maybe not. So we got Limrin A.H. Oops, sorry about that. We got our name. Larry K., Sharon B., Manny C., and Laura R. Limrin A., you're up. Star one, then Renee. Sorry, sorry. Yep, I had trouble with the phone. Hi, I'm Lynn Renee H, a uh, compulsive overeater on the road of recovery. Been in the program for seven years, and this program changes my life every single day by actions, and uh, because it's a program of action. And at the beginning, I didn't understand, like, all the amends part because I thought it was so selfish. Like, I have to go and say I'm so sorry and what can I do? And it was all for me. Me, me, me. And now, it's so strange because I started back the, um, the steps. And the, the vision I have about the steps now has changed completely 
first of all, I have this character defect of perfectionism. I don't know if you know about that one. But uh, it really puts a strand on my life and on everybody else's life that's in my life. And also on, like, the pressure that I put on people to be good and perfect. And if I have to be perfect, you have to be perfect. And for now, now how I see the, the amend is really saying to myself, I made a mistake. You're not perfect and it's okay. And by saying it to somebody that I'm truly sorry, that I will change my, my action. And also, what can I do for you to be good, like to be okay with everything here? Well, you know what? Somebody did that to me and it gave me the right to not be perfect. So it's like for me, amends are so cool now because it's like, can we give ourselves a break here? Like on the freaking uh, uh, thermometer of perfectionism, how come I'm always thinking I have to be at 20 on 10? And if I'm on 20, you better be on 21 because I'm watching you. Because <laughs> it has to be fair, right? And now it's like, whoa, where? Like, just break that freaking um, thermometer. It doesn't exist. I'm not a perfect being. I'm just a being. I'm trying to do with love. And I'm just going to finish on this is that Yesterday was a really, really, really hard day. I have a teenager who's lost her father, and she's coming after me. She's so freaking mad, but she's saying things that are breaking my heart. Sorry, right, I'm going to... And the only thing I, ha- I was able to do, and it took all the juice in me, the energy in me, is to say nothing. And that... I am so grateful because that's God. That's not me. Because me, thanks. You, 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 you step on my toe. I just cut your head off. And now, because of God, He's helping me not, not accumulating um, resentment. And after that, being uh, that I have to do, obliged to do. Uh, so with that, I pass, and I thank you so much for being. Thank you, then, Renee. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Sharon B. Hey, Russ. Good morning, Larry Kay, recovered uh, from Chicago. You know, if you if you met my mom today, most people that meet my mother at 81 years of age uh, like her. Uh, she's a lovely woman. <laughs> she's a smart woman, warm, kind, all these things. But when she was younger, she was addicted to amphetamines when she was in her 20s and 30s and early 40s. And when I was a little boy of, uh, I believe, seven, my parents got divorced. We moved from Chicago to California. For the first time when we moved, got off the plane, I met my new stepfather. And that stepfather um, was abusive. He, He beat me with a ring on his finger. He would punch me with a fist in the face. He would beat me with pots and pans. And my mother, you know, 
was aware of all of it. She was there. I remember. She remembers. But that was very painful for someone to, to remember those things. She perhaps, you know, and as I developed, you know, that affected me. You can imagine a little, think of a little boy of seven or eight, you know, that's not supposed to happen, but, it, but um, I don't write the script. And it affected me. It affected how I related to people, my intimate relations um, emotionally and later on physically. And I'd love to tell you that it's all, all been resolved. <laughs> it's all wonderful. I'm an okay guy, but I, I have my issues for sure, people that know me. And um, the thing about it is, is, you know, my mom, the stepfather was out of my life pretty early, but, but my mom, I developed, uh, as I got a little bit older in therapy and so forth, I developed tremendous resentment that she didn't protect me, that she was aware of the stuff going on. That she, and, you know, and it, as a mother, you can imagine it was so painful for her, she, you know, to even to acknowledge that. She wanted to move on. You know, and the thing is, is though, I, I began to withhold love from, from her. I began to malign her, you know, as she began to change, you know. She was a child of God. She began to change. And I, I, I began to, you know, when I, to get my pound of flesh at 18 and 28 and 38 and so forth. And when I made amends to my mother, you know, the whole idea was that, that I had to acquire a better attitude toward my mother, towards, toward the God of my, of my understanding, to admit my faults. In making amends to someone that's harmed us, it's so important to create intentions without expectations. In other words, any time that I make amends with an expectation that this person is going to admit in a certain way that the harm's done to me, guess what? You're going to be disappointed. That's script writing. And that didn't work. God wanted me to develop a different inner attitude towards the harms I did. I was in my own self-imposed prison. I was feeding every time I did things towards my mother. Thanks, Russ, just finishing up. Every time I did things to my mother, I was feeding the the inner lion of shame, of self-loathing. And I was doing kind of an assault to my soul. I was defying and degrading myself. How could I be brought into an alignment with my higher power until I was willing to make those amends? And to today, I can tell you that uh, I have been able to do that. And I'm not a prisoner of those things today. So with that, I pass. Th- thanks, Russ. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Next up is Sharon B. followed by Manny C. Yes, may, may I be heard? Yep. Perfectly. Uh, Good morning, family. My name is Sharon B. from Michigan, and I'm a grateful, recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater, and glad to be here today. And now I understand why my phone didn't work when I tried to speak yesterday. (laughs) It is, you're right, from earlier. It is God. It's not just God. Um, But this, this, paragraph especially affected me. I'm so grateful for the process that y'all walked me through because when I had my four-step list, my biggest resentment was against um, my uncle who had, you know, just like so many of us, he was abusive. He was um, uh, sexually, physically, and responsible for for, um, selling myself and my sisters and 
um, a lot of torturous things. And I didn't think there would ever be a time that I could ever forgive him. But I was taught very early on that one of the things that I needed to make amends was this last part where it says, be able to go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit. And fortunately, having good sponsorship, I was taught to do the easy amends first. And as I continued to do amends, they, they got to the harder ones and the harder ones. And then one day I got an invitation to a family reunion at my uncle's house. And I knew that he would be there. And so I took the bit in my teeth, which meant, you know, the way I was taught was it meant that I opened my mouth. I allowed myself to take the bit and be led. And I was led by my sponsor and my higher power through how to do this. I didn't owe him amends for what he did or what happened to me as a child. What I owed him amends for was my resentment against him for all those years, because anytime someone even reminded me of him, I had all this anger. And yes, did I talk about him? Did I think about him? Did I talk to my sisters? Yes, I did a lot of that. So I needed to amend that. I didn't understand why, but you walked me through this. And having made that amends, um, it was amazing. Uh, not because of what he did, he, he simply said we all did things we regret, but, um, but and what happened to me, because I saw him like a week and a half later, and he was smiling, and he would, didn't even see me, and I said, oh, look, there's my uncle. He's happy. I'm so glad, and that was the first time I ever remember thinking, I'm happy that he's happy, and that's the freedom, and I found what happened was what happens in the 11th step prayer. By forgiving him, I was able to forgive myself and to love myself by loving him. And these are the freedoms that come from doing this. And for that, I'm forever grateful. Thank you, family. And I pass. Thanks, Sharon. Appreciate it. Next up is Manny C., followed by Laura R. Good morning, everyone. My name is Manny C., I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, listening for a while, um, but it is my first time sharing. My sponsor said I need to do this, so I'm willing to do anything and everything to get this freedom from uh, my compulsive eating. Um, I'm not quite at these steps yet, but I, I do remember a time in my life when I. Uh, made amends um one of the most significant times i've been noticing that there's a lot of bitterness and anger resentment in my life towards really close friends of mine as i uh, observed their relationship with their dads and as i uh, got more uh, counseling through a friend a therapist he was asking me about my relationship with my dad they divorced when i was my, when i was three years old very young and um, never, he was never involved around in my life. And so he came to his place and he asked me, have you ever forgiven your dad? I was like, well, I don't even remember having a relationship with my dad. He never did anything to me. I could say he was just inconsequential. Um, so what do I have to forgive him of? And he just he gave me this new perspective on forgiving. Because something doesn't have to be done to you, but what if something is owed to you that was never given? Um, your dad was supposed to give you fatherhood, the affirmation and admiration that 
that comes from a father is so important in a, in a young man's life. And, and so that was never given to you. And so maybe he didn't intend to, but as a result of the circumstance of your life, he, he wasn't that. And so after doing some more soul searching, I, I decided to kind of launch out and talk to my dad about, about this and this new realization I had come to. And, um, when I called him over the phone, happened to get a hold of him, and I explained the whole journey that I had just been through. And I said, "Hey," and I came to the end. And I said, "So I just wanted to let you know that that I forgive you. I, I release you of the debt that you owed me of fatherhood, and somehow God is going to be the one to fulfill those deeper needs." And I love what. Um, how Larry Kay um, put it, you know, there was, I noticed that there was no script writing in me because he was totally disappointing in how he responded. He said, so do you need money or something like that? <laughs> and so I was like, no, I just was wanting you in, in my life. And, but, you know, I don't know if that will ever happen, but I just want to let you know that I forgive you. And man, the freedom that I felt, the lifting of the burden, and um, they really helped to deal with the bitterness and resentment and jealousy I was feeling toward my friends. And with that, I end. Thanks, Manny. Next up is Laura R. And then I think we could take two more. Good morning. Thank you, Russ. This is Laura R., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Um, first of all, great shares, great meeting, and welcome to all the newcomers. Um, this might sound scary when you're in the beginning, but I was just thinking how grateful I am that we don't make amends on step one <laughs> and that we have nine steps to get to before I face uh, other people. And yesterday I was on a meeting and they were talking about the promises that start coming, you know, at step two and we start to sense the flow of its power into us in step two. Um, and as we continue on in the journey of our steps, um, you know, like people were saying before, transformation starts to happen within us. And I am so grateful for that because even this last time around when I was on step four, I had no idea how I was going to be able to take the bit in my teeth with some people. Well, what I love, like what I heard is trust the process from my sponsor, uh, set aside everything I think I know and continue moving forward. And what's so beautiful is even when I got to step five this time around, and I have experienced those promises in five, I mean, I have before many times, but this time I didn't. I was overwhelmed by my behavior and how I was going to change. Again, needing to place that in God's hands. I know I'm powerless. But by the time I got to six and seven, things were changing. And again, I still had, you know, steps that I needed to go to. I had eight before I was going to get to nine. And what's so cool is that my heart starts to change Humility starts to come in when we, you know, we learn in four that I disregard the other person involved entirely. And I look at me only. When I see my faults in black and white, and I look at the harm that I've caused someone else, regard, disregarding them altogether, there's just this level of humility that comes to me like, oh my God, I did that? Because I couldn't see what I couldn't see until I did what this process allows us to do, which is put pen to paper and then talking to another human being that helps me see if I can't see and God and I'm getting more power. And by the time I go to six and seven and I'm asking God to remove my character defects, I am almost just jumping at like, oh, my gosh, like I, I want to talk to these other people. But like I heard yesterday, it's just not about me feeling better. 
And the other day I, I picked up the phone and called a, a person or, you know, and just said, you know, I'm willing to talk if you want to, and that person doesn't want to. And, um, okay, you know, I'm here and available if you, if you need to. And, but my heart's changed. And what I want to get to, especially with my family, is unconditional love. Because my, my love was always conditional, especially with my poor stepkids. And they're young, you know. If they want to have a, something against me, okay. And I'm at that spot right now with one of them. That, that's where we're at. And I'm for, for seriously, because of this, this work, I'm at a place of unconditional love. And I have to continue daily because I'm human to stay close to God so I don't crop up another resentment. But if I do, I have the work, you know, I have the steps to be able to get rid of it. So uh, if you're new, stay and, no, and just set aside everything you think, you know, thanks, Russ, I'll, I'll wrap up. It is so worth it. Um, life will take on new meaning. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Laura. So I think we have time for about two two more shares. You know where we're at. We're on page 77, the first paragraph, just for that paragraph. Who would like to share on this? Brenda A. Brenda. Margaret D. And Margaret D. Let's, let's go with that. All right, Brenda, you're up. Start one, Brenda. Yeah, got it. Uh, good morning, Russ. Thank you for everything that you do and for everyone at this meeting. Um, this is a very important paragraph for me. I came to love through making amends to my family who had predeceased me, my mom, my dad, my brother. And I had carried such anger and resentment for them for so many years that I would not allow their love in. And I had to obviously make written amends to them. And after having done so, the freedom, the joy, the serenity that I experienced is unlike unlike anything I have ever experienced in my life. I actually looked upon my mom, my dad, and my brother as enemies since I was a little, little girl. And carrying that was such a burden. And giving it away, giving it to God, letting it go, is the most important service I have ever done for God. Because ultimately, it has allowed me to open up and love them and to look back and to see the joyous times and to totally understand, yeah, I cleaned my side of the street and in so doing, I opened up a life that is unimaginable, a level of love that I never thought I could express. So, yeah, make the amends, living, written, however you need to make them, because you will never receive a greater gift from your higher power. Thank you, I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Next up is Margaret D. from Georgia, right? Right. Good morning. This is Margaret <laughs> D. in Georgia. I guess I can be heard. Good morning, everybody, and thank you, Ross. Um, I'm going to make this pretty quick. Um, by the time I'd gotten to this point, in my recovery, and this was not like six months, this was like maybe 25, 30 years. This was, I definitely am one of the slower, slower students. Um, 
I came to realize a couple different things. My sponsor many years ago had told me about some events that took place in his family and they were, they were, it was appalling. At any rate, what he told me was, he said, you know, I realized that my mother was not playing with a full deck. Out of 52 cards, she only had 32. And then he said, but you know what? She gave me all of the 32 cards that she had to the best of her ability. And that took a long time, many years, for that to sink in to you know, into my innermost self, which is where all the active work really, really goes on, uh, beginning with conceding to my innermost self that I am a compulsive eater. So at this point, when I look at what's happened, what's going on in my life, I look at these other, the other people, the quote-unquote, you know, imaginary things that they've done to harm me, and I, and I say to myself, so how many cards did they have? Well, maybe they only had 15 out of a deck of 32, but they're on some level, they're trying to give me all of those 15 cards, whatever it is. And it takes all of the sting out of they did me wrong, I got to get revenge, where you know what it just really helps me to see where my not only where my character defect lay or lies or whatever, it's usually the perfectionism. And again, that's for me, perfectionism is just a shortcut. Well, actually, it's a much longer way to say, I'm crazy. I think I'm God. And because I am God, I'm going to dictate to you what you ought to be doing and what you ought to be saying. And I, I'm just so blessed to be able to see that um, it's really a case of me overstepping my bounds and being insane. I think I rule the world. And then I have to drop back and go, well, you know, world, I only have two and a half cards today instead of the full deck. And that making that immense, okay, I'll wrap it up. Taking the bit in my teeth is usually going back and admitting to myself crap I've been trying to play God again and when I do that I see exactly how to make the amends the words come to me and there is no bitterness or anything else it's just um I, you know I'm going to pass because I could go on forever about this but thank you so much everybody you teach me so much on a daily basis and with that I pass thanks Margaret you're going to be our last share today thank you to everyone who shared thank you for everyone that did service on this meeting today please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing so the share ID for today August 10th Tuesday August 10th 2021 is 17,525, 17525. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jennifer C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.